Great day, great day, everyone. Good morning to all of you. So I have a question for you. What's going on in your life? And how is that showing up? What is your current level of stress? I want you to pause for a moment and think about that. Think about it, let's say maybe on a scale of one to 10. How would you describe your current level of stress? All right, now hold that thought. We're gonna talk about it on the other side on the Coffee with Rhonda show. Welcome to another episode of the Coffee with Rhonda show. Super excited to have you back here again. And we are going to have a fantastic and amazing conversation. So let's bring our amazing panel up. Then let's go over the housekeeping. And then we're going to dive into our conversation. So really excited to have this amazing group of Fantastic women joining us today. We're going to introduce everybody in just a minute. But before we do, welcome to the Coffee with Rhonda show, your show where we want to invite you for a little bit of wit, a little bit of humor, and a little bit of insight, all for today's savvy leaders. So today is episode 48, and we are actually going to talk about leadership stress, what that looks like, how it shows up for us, and what we can do about it. So before we get started, just a few little housekeeping items. You guys know how this goes. If you're watching, don't forget to comment. If you're watching live or on the replay, tell us where you're watching from, say hello, and don't forget to tell us what's in your cup. Don't forget to comment. Your comments actually power our conversation. We pull those in. We might take a slight detour. We may even go down the rabbit hole with you. So you never know. Don't forget to put those comments in there. And then take a moment to like and share this video. There is someone out there that needs to hear this and they would appreciate you sharing the information. Finally, uh, if you're watching on podcast, we love reviews. So our last week YouTube subscriber was P Spirit Healer. So welcome to the family. Thank you for subscribing to podcast. So uh, my name is Rhonda Williams and I am your host for the show. I am known as an R soul, which means I consider myself a recovering stressed out leader. So what I do today is I'm an elite leadership coach. I help leaders decide it is time to stop the madness, regain control, and start living a more successful and more fulfilled life. In my cup today, my special little art cup, you know, I've had this cup for a while and I never use it. So I'm always excited about the occasion. In my cup today, I have coffee, a little bit of turmeric and a little bit of cinnamon. So that's me. And let's get to our amazing panel today. We're gonna introduce our co-hosts first. And we're going to go to our two wonderful guests, which I can't wait to introduce. So, Ms. Roz Jones, let's start with you this morning. Good morning to you. What you got in your cup? 
Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. I have peppermint tea with honey mm. and lemon. Yes, mm. and for those of you who don't know me, and I don't know why you don't know me by now, but I am Ron Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I am Ron Jones, the CEO and owner of Jacksonville's Best Caregivers, and we're located in the sunny state of Florida. We provide four levels of specialized care to your loved ones, sitter, homemaking companion, home health agent, certified nursing assistant. Why do I do it? I do it to help the caregiver with that SOS on their journey, which is being stressed, overwhelmed, and providing safety and security for your loved one. And what do we say, ladies? When I can't do it all, give her a call. <laughs> I feel like, Roz, I feel like you're Gladys Knight and we're like the pips in the background. Going doo, 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 doo. <laughs> all right, awesome, awesome. Good morning to you, Marae. Good morning, ladies. Good morning, everybody. This is Mireille coming to you from Down Under, Perth, Australia. I'm all about greatness. I'm called a greatness engineer. I have a background in engineering, but you know, I also use my knowledge to help people understand that they have greatness inside of them and engineer greatness wherever it matters. So uh, today I'm going to drink coffee because I have to stay awake. So welcome, everybody. <laughs> Murray, I feel special that you're actually drinking coffee with us today. <laughs> this is a special moment for us, so thank you so much. So let's introduce our wonderful guest for today. So I have to tell you all, so um, Amy and I have been uh, friends for a really long time, and so it's so wonderful to have Amy on the show with us. And then Amy and Terry and I, are now collaborating and we have a clubhouse room called Girl Stop Stressing. And so it's great to have them both on the show joining us today. So Amy, let's start with you. Good morning. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you have in your cup. All right, I got it, Thank Amy. you. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you, Rhonda. And it's it's such a pleasure to be here with you and Ross and Marae and Terry. And I'm Amy Steinbinder from Phoenix, Arizona. And I have pinon flavored coffee from New Mexico in my Italy cup. I bought these cups years ago and they're some of my favorites. So glad to be here. My background is healthcare. I do executive coaching, health and wellness coaching, and a real focus on healthcare leaders who as you all are aware, really struggling uh, post-pandemic. So glad to be here. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Welcome to the show. And over to you, Dr. Terry Malcolm. Tell us, <clears throat> excuse me, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, and what you got in your cup. Well, thank you so much, Rhonda, Roz, and Murray. It is a pleasure to be here with all of you. And Amy, good to see you as always. And I'm streaming live with you ladies and the audience from Scottsdale, Arizona. My background is as a physician, um, also in, in healthcare. I'm a board certified OBGYN and have transitioned into physician leadership and physician executive coaching. So I am now the CEO and founder of Master Physician Leaders. And I work with physicians at all levels of their leadership journey to help them thrive as they lead. So it is really um, exciting to be able to work with my colleagues and help them add new chapters to their leadership story. And in my coffee cup, 
today is, of course, coffee. And <laughs> specifically, it is um, cinnamon-flavored coffee with cinnamon-flavored creamer, because I just need that extra little pop of, of cinnamon. And my coffee cup has Celebrate the Small Victories written on it as a reminder to be grateful for all that you have been given and to acknowledge the little achievements. They may seem small, but they will add up to be great successes overall. So wow. great. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that, Terry. And that dose of inspiration also this morning. I want to say good morning to a couple of folks that are joining us. Michael joining us from St. Petersburg, Russia. Michael, we keep saying we've got to get you on the show. We've got to make that happen one day. Michael is an amazing leadership uh, coach in his own right. So great to see you this morning. Um, and uh, he also says, I have sunshine, smiles, and cognac in my cup. <laughs> of course, timing is a little bit different, right? He's probably closer to Moraine's uh, time zone or somewhere, but it's okay, Michael. Hey, even if it's 8 a.m., no judgment here. So thank you so much for sharing uh, what you have in your cup. So I'm ready to dive into this conversation today and get started. And I want to start by just sharing a little bit about doing a little bit of level setting on stress because I want us to spend time getting Honestly, ladies, as I was preparing for this show, it could have been a three-part episode. I, I, I was trying to narrow, oh, where do we focus? What do we talk about? So let's just quickly just set for everyone what is stress, right? And uh, so that we all have that basic foundation that stresses the body's physiological response to tension or, or to threat or anything like that, right? So that's what stress itself is. And then when we think about the types of stress, there are many types of stress, good stress, bad stress, you know, um, although <clears throat> I want you all to talk to me as we get into the conversation. It's good stress, really good stress. So we'll talk about that in, in just a little bit as we dive in. Um, so we know that there's stressors uh, that are happening as a result of positive things in our life and stressors that are happening as a po uh, based on some of the challenges that we face. So I want to start off by sharing this graphic with all of you and getting, and then we're gonna comment. So everyone on the panel, get ready, cause I'm gonna ask you to take a step back, look at your overall life right now and what's happening with you. And everyone listening out there in, you know, internet land or internet land, do the same thing. What's your current level of stress in your life, just overall? But the scale that I want you to use is based on this image that I'm gonna show you now. And I love this image because this image really sort of puts things into context for me when I'm thinking about stress. All right. So when we're thinking about stress, we know that there's this stress curve, right? And so with the stress curve, we've got the stress on one side, which is, well, they, la they label it as lame. I'm not sure there's probably a lot of other terms that we could use to describe it, but it goes from lame to healthy, to that peak performance zone at the top of the curve and in the center of that stress is that peak performance zone, which is what we should be striving for. But then when that stress keeps rising, it ends up pushing you into feeling fatigued, exhausted, sick, and even into disease on the other end. So on the bottom, the scale is from one to five. 
So on a scale of one to five, where are we? I want to do a check-in with us. Where are we in our lives and our own levels of um, stress right now? So everybody got that? That's the scale. This is the curve. We can put this back up anytime we need it. But let's start by talking about, thought it would be good to just start by sharing because sometimes I feel like we can get to, so theoretical with stress and not really talk about the realities happening in our own lives. So, um, so Marae, let's start with you. I know that you never have any stress, right, Marae? <laughs> You're stress-free. Uh, yeah, I'm st stress-free. I have no problem, you know, with everything. So uh, I, I presume I'm, uh, you know, uh, extra. <laughs> I come from another planet, probably. No, I, I mean, we all experience stress. I mean, it's just the way we respond to it. You know, you can be calm and still be stressed, and that's mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's that's why people sometimes uh, mistaken my attitude because you know whatever happened, I don't you know always speak to you know because you you've so you've shown this peak you know uh, people don't see it because I still stay calm I still want to analyze things but it doesn't mean that I'm I'm not stressed it doesn't mean that I'm I'm not I, I don't panic. But I must say, I've learned to uh, to manage my emotions and, uh, and, and and really take a step back, you know, when something mm -hmm. happened, so that I'm not uh, I'm not reacting, overreacting, or I'm not uh, uh, making myself sick in a way because we see right. that you can easily go into the sick, uh, you know, sick curve. And uh, but I must yeah. say, you know, when my when my children were young, yeah, I was going to to this sick. You know, this yeah. sick curve. <laughs> now that they are adults, you know, whatever happened, they are adult. They have to manage themselves. So I don't have to put myself into, you know, this emotional state where, you know, I, I, I make myself really sick. So yes, yeah. yes, stress. So, is so Marae, on, it, on that life. scale of one to five, are you? Wh where would you describe yourself right now? I would say I'm motivated. I'm motivated, okay. and uh, so uh, especially right now, I see a lot of people being very stressed about what's happening with the pandemic. But I really take it as an opportunity for me to mm -hmm. really step mm -hmm. to the next level as far as my leadership is concerned, and as far as you know everything that I'm doing. And that's what's happening right now. So I'm very motivated. Okay. Awesome. What about you, Miss Terry? Where are you right now on that scale in terms of your current level of stress? I think right now at this very moment um, at 8.16 a.m. <laughs> Pacific Standard Time, <laughs> I'm, I'm at a two. I'm at a two on, on that scale. Now, if you had asked me this um, a few days ago, I would have been at a four because there, you know, there were some things that that happened to me that were unexpected. I got some news that was kind of shocking and that increased my stress level. And mm -hmm. I've had a few days to really do some deep reflection, to um, do some self-coaching, to, you know, really kind of pay attention to my emotions and let all of those emotions really rise to the surface and call those out and and really pay attention to what am I experiencing and not casting judgment on it and just letting myself be and letting myself experience all of those emotions and then 
you know, start to process that so I can begin to find a way forward. And, mm -hmm. and I love how Marie talked about managing through the stress. And so that's what I think I've been able to do over these past few days is really manage through that stress. So right now I'm at a two, you know, but okay. I, I realize that, that that curve can, can fluctuate and it can change. So I feel like I'm always a, a work in progress and I have to be ready to be flexible for when it might be temporarily at a five and know that's temporary and that there's other times where it may be a two. And so also kind of acknowledge being at a two and what can I learn from being at a two? Awesome. Thank you, Terry. And it's so important for us to um, just sort of recognize our own phases and stages that we go through the stress process. What about you, Amy? Where are you today? Just sort of not, not necessarily in this moment, but just when you look at things in life in general right now for you, um, where are you with the stress? Hold on. I, I've got you covered. There we go. Thank you. So as I was looking at that stress curve, I really like that, by the way. Thank you for sharing that with us. But I, for me, I'm probably between a 2 and a 2.5. I feel very motivated and focused. I feel that um, at this point in my life, I have the opportunities that I'm interested in and um, feeling really blessed. And I think somebody at the very beginning mentioned, you know, just the, the willingness. I think, Terry, it might have been you just being grateful for uh, what I have in my life. And so I'd say between 2 and 2.5. And I just want to thank Terry for sharing. I, you always amaze me. She is so willing. You are always authentic. You are so real. She puts things out there all the time. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I appreciate that also. And uh, what about you, Roz? Thank you, Amy. What about you, Roz? Where are you right now with life and stress? Well, you know, a couple of months ago, I told you guys that I'm finally walking into my, I think, authentic identity. And so now, you know, I'm I used to be probably 5.5. <laughs> <laughs> For many days, I was 5.5. Trust and believe I could go from zero to 5.5. But then I realized that the way that I responded determined, you know, was on me. Not based on what somebody else was doing. But, you know, just because they said something I didn't like, didn't mean I had to respond to it. Mm -hmm. Just because somebody acted a certain way, didn't mean it should impact me. So I had to, I had to sit back and understand that other people's opinions and actions and all that don't I, I could care less now it used to bother me so that's why the stress for me was kind of like a roller coaster or you know kind of back and forth so now i'm probably a 2.999999 somewhere in there to infinity right and, and to infinity and, and and that's because now i understand who i am and at one point I had a huge identity crisis because I was living up to other people's expectations. And we've talked about this a lot of times before, why I had the disease to please and I couldn't say no. Well, honey, now I, I could say no and don't have a problem with it. And my stress is 2.999 is because I have implemented seven days a week. I take a two hour nap. I take that nap. And the reason why I take that nap is so uh, I don't go to jail. 
<laughs> and save other people's lives. <laughs> I'm serious. No, I'm teasing. No, no, but 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 the nap is good, and and you have to understand and realize and recognize in your body what you need to you know to keep those stressors down. And taking a nap for me daily is awesome. You know, it's almost like going to exercise for me because I shut the phone off. I turn the TV off. I close mm -hmm. the blinds. Mm -hmm. I do all of that now. So now, because I'm 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 walking in in my authenticity, walking in my self identity, mm -hmm. recognizing my power and my authority that I have, and that I'm not gonna let anybody else take it. That's why I say I'm at two point nine 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 because I am I'm not quite at that three peak yet, but I'm pretty doggone close. Mm. Good for you. Very cool. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. I think that is a really great thing. And just knowing who you are and that what your stress comes from, which is really where um, um, I'm going to go next in a second. But I think for me, um, I think I am fluctuating in that three. And I think there are things happening in my world right now that will push me to probably 3.5, close to four. And so I am really intentionally right now paying attention to everything. Mm -hmm. I, I am paying attention because I know that when I get to that point and I get really, uh, I start to feel like there's a lot happening. There's a lot on my plate. Things are changing. Um, it's easy for me to get caught up in that cycle. And I've been there and done that. And so now I have to be really mindful about that. So typically I function in that sort of three range where I am really in a good space and a good place. But right now I feel like I'm tilting just a little bit and I need to pay attention to that to make sure that I don't go too far. Mm -hmm. Oh, Maria has joined us. So let me see our audience out there. Regina says I'm at a three. So Regina, you're operating in peak performance zone if you're in that three zone. Michael says, I live in the healthy tension between healthy tension and peak performance two to three all the time and on rare occasions a one, but never for too long. That's interesting, Michael. We haven't talked about the, the other end of that scale, right? That one scale, which we probably need to talk a little bit about it. Um, Christelle says, hi, Christelle. Hi, all. Thank you so much for joining. And Maria joined as well. Uh, Michael, thank you, Raj. You can share my cognac after work. <laughs> <laughs> doctor's orders. <laughs> Your motor is ready to run at Redline. Way to go, girl. No, it's really great. And I think it's so, it's just important for us to know where we are, right? Christelle says, I'm at a three. Good for you. That's that peak performance zone, right? When you're in there, although we're going to fluctuate in and out. So what I want to talk about now is, so what keeps us, it, what, what, triggers us, right? When we're talking about stress, what are things that happen in our lives that bring about those shifts in and out of those zones? And it could be a shift down, right? It could be a down gear, a downshift, or it could be a shift up into that area where you are really tense and feeling overwhelmed and overburdened. What triggers us? And by us, I'm I'm thinking of us as a representative group of leaders, right? We are all leaders in our own rights and in different ways and managing whether it's groups or helping people and coaching and all of this. What are some triggers? <laughs> well, okay, Maria jumped right in and said, family. 
family. <laughs> Maria, come on now. Your family can't possibly trigger your stress, right? <laughs> I can just imagine. So thank you for honest, being honest and sharing that. Because family, as much as we love them, you guys drive us crazy sometimes. Let's just say it, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it just is what it is. It's, we don't love you any less. So what are some triggers? What are some triggers that you're seeing either in um, that are triggers for you or that you know that leaders are experiencing in the world right now? Because it's a pretty stressful, pretty stressful time out there. So you can speak either from yourself personally, your own triggers, or you can talk about leadership triggers in general. Um, Roz, what kind of triggers, what are you, some of your triggers? Um, you know, you sort of just were talking a little bit about this, right? And the fact that you used to care a lot more about what people say and what they think. What are some of your other stress triggers? I'm going to start with family first. This, <laughs> this is the thing that plucks my nerves with my family. This is, I'm just talking about my people, my people. <laughs> When they say, oh, I didn't want to bother you. You so busy. You so, but you didn't ask. That's, that's a trigger for me. You didn't, you didn't ask to see if I could help or could I come or could I do, oh, you just so busy. I see you all on social media, but you still didn't ask. Right. You didn't give me the opportunity to say no. You didn't give me the opportunity to participate. That plucks my nerves past productivity now. <laughs> With those employees of mine, honey, ooh, we, they can send me to a no Jesus zone real quick. So, <laughs> when they don't follow instructions, that's the big thing. You know, uh, dealing in home health care, we know that the aging process is going to deteriorate the person, you know, but because we're there, we have expanded their life, you know, because mm -hmm. of the human contact. But, you know, I, I give them the information like every quarter. These are the things you need to start looking for, you know, when we are moving into palliative care, when we're moving into end stage. So, you know, some of these questions that you're asking me, you shouldn't because I keep you informed. So when you don't follow instructions, you know, I can go from zero to the non-Jesus zone real quick. So those are some of the triggers for me. And I'm Ross Jones and I'm done speaking. <laughs> oh my goodness Roz I tried to spell Plucktivity in the comments I'm not real sure <laughs> I was like Plucktivity I like that one I'll help you out Next <laughs> Awesome so, so Terry what about you What are some things that are That are triggers for you Or things that you see That leaders are dealing with um, That cause triggers for them so I'm going to second family and and specifically children, elementary school age children, boys who will not pick up their socks and swimsuits and helmet. Put the and, seat down. Put the yes, yes. You preaching, Roz. Yes, all of that. <laughs> so all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All of that. No, I. <laughs> I know I, I I'm I'm feeling you right now and I, I know you can understand and you can relate. So there's that's a certain stress level that will very quickly push me over over the edge. But I, I think in the in the realm of of leadership and and really working and, and collaborating with others, one of the things that stresses me out is is uncertainty. 
Mm-hmm. And not that everything has to be perfectly laid out with a step-by-step, very clear plan. But I, I think when things just completely come out of left field, it's the it's the the, the one eighty, and 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 in part I know it's because of my personality. For any of the Enneagram lovers out there, I'm a nine, so I'm a peacemaker. I'm somebody who naturally is inclined to keep things steady, to find the peace, to really eliminate conflict. I do a really good job of like quickly diffusing. So I'm naturally inclined to kind of find the comfort zone and to find a steady state. And with things happening at such a rapid pace right now and the way that the pandemic really required all of us to adapt, like literally overnight, we had to completely change models. And, And in many cases, we changed for the better. And I'm so glad that we did that. I'm glad that it actually kind of pushed us to do things that we otherwise would have not been doing. And it kept been mm-hmm. ho- and it had been holding back and, and overanalyzing and finding reasons to not do it when there were so many reasons to do it. And the reason to not do it was typically because of just fear and because it had never been done before. But I think it's right now, it's, it's that, it's that ask to like pivot on a dime when there's nothing clear about where we're trying to go. And mm-hmm. that's the part that really kind of stresses me out is I just want to say, can we, can we just kind of talk it through? Can we just pause for a second so we can, so at least there's, there's a little bit of a light. I just need a little glimmer of a light of where we're trying to go. And then let's work together to create that path forward. But that's, that's kind of what stresses me out right now is when it's just like, we're, we've been going in this direction and now it's, nope, we're going to completely flip and we're going to do a 180 without really getting into why are we making that turn? Let's, let's not make a turn just for the sake of making it to say we made it, but let's really turn with purpose. Terry, I, I think what you're speaking to is really important because right now where we are, we are asking leaders to pivot quickly and we don't give them a lot of support. We don't give them time to process. What do we know about adult learners, right? We need time to get on board, to process, to understand. It's just you come in today and, okay, this is different. And you're a leader and you should just suck it up and be fine with it. I think that's such a mistake. I think that's such a mistake. And that's how you lose leaders. That's how you people are no longer on board with the mission because they don't get it and you didn't get their feedback. You just made this ivory tower decision and you expect everyone to come along, right? So that is huge for us right now. Um, Roz, I'm going to come to, uh, no, I'm going to come to Moray next on this because we, but I want to talk about, Regina said, uh, non-Jesus zone, Roz, I love it. <laughs> and uh, Maria is co-signing pl- product Plucktivity. Listen, we are all trying to spell Plucktivity, Roz. Thanks for that, okay? We're going to be all trying to figure this out. It's a really long comment by Estelle, and let's just take out some pieces of it. Um, I live with PTSD, and so it's an art to learn to manage the condition you have no control over. So thank you for your transparency and for sharing that with us. Um, And triggers come in the form of simple odors, uh, to words, to body languages. Wow. And I can imagine that that is really challenging, but, and it sounds like you've had to learn to try to navigate that, um, Christelle. 
And you probably have a lot to teach others about that as well and to just share your experience. Uh, otherwise, general stressors uh, is um, extended lack of sleep when overworking, prioritizing work over rest and that sort of thing. So really powerful comments. You know, I think it's so important that we're able to just have these moments and just say, this is what pushes my buttons. Right. Mm -hmm. This is what pushes my button. So, Marae, what about for you? Do you have particular triggers um, that really press your buttons when it comes to stress? Yeah, I have, you know, I have triggers and, I, and uh, one of the trigger, you know, is to be around negative people. People always, mm -hmm. you know, complain, whine and they don't do anything about, you know, uh, uh, improving their situation. And we have quite a lot of people right now, you know, the pandemic is there, they complain, they've lost, you know, a lot. Yes, you've lost something, but try to be, you know, change your mindset and go to the next level, try to find a solution to keep going. And, uh, and that's really a trigger for me because uh, sometimes, and especially living in, you know, living in Australia where we basically well off everybody, you know, right now in, in, uh, in the world in terms of managing this pandemic. So we're really lucky and we should be grateful, but yet you have people complaining and, you know, not being happy. And that's really, you know, level my stress because uh, I don't understand why people are not grateful for what they have and, uh, and why they don't try to be positive when, you know, their, their life is not in danger at all right. but it's just for the sake of you know continuing and, and and criticizing you know the leadership and all kind of things and yet not you know like you said not helping or bringing you know any solution on the table to right. make sure that everybody goes to the same you know uh, to the in the same direction and that's uh, that's really one of you know one thing that i, I really can't tolerate sometime and it can push mm -hmm. my button really hard yeah and then obviously the children you know they don't have to be boys uh right. sometimes <laughs> girls as well and you know young adult girls have to you know they can push you as well you know? <laughs> push your button really well so it doesn't have to be boys young boys yeah <laughs> as a person with uh three sons i would know about that part but <laughs> i would assume that that's the case thank you marie for sharing that what about you amy do you have particular triggers either for yourself or that you're seeing out there well for me i um, go along with what terry was saying for me it's the unexpected when something happens and I can't quickly identify a solution or a way forward, it really stresses me out because I feel like, okay, people are depending on me. They're looking to me for some guidance, some direction, some answers. And I just get, I get really frustrated and feel that um, I'm, I'm letting people down. And when I feel like I'm letting people down, my stress level just continues to cycle. and. I find myself not being able to think clearly. So I, I've learned, I just have to step back and say, okay, wait a minute, how much of this do you really own? How much of this are the circumstances? And start small, what, what can you do right now to help move forward? And I, I'm really finding that with leaders that I'm coaching too. Now, I'm working with um, one gentleman, he's a, he's a new chief nursing officer and 
smaller hospital and it's one thing after another. I mean, they've, they, of course, they've had to deal with a pandemic. On top of that, they were having some issues and they had to change lab contracts and then their anesthesia contract. And he's managing through because from a leadership perspective, he has a CEO that is so compassionate that is, I mean, he, his CEO said, he goes, Amy, I think we, I think the three of us need to meet. I, I really want to be able to give some feedback, feedback and some recognition on the good work and the, and the way forward for this, this young CNO. So wow. from a leadership perspective, even though you might be floundering with lots of, um, as I said, the unexpected, having, having someone who is right there for you. Yes, I'm his coach, but his CEO is right there with him and is so supportive, which really then helps him keep his stress level to a um, manageable level. Amy, so- but you know what though, uh, Rhonda, I wanna say support, yeah, please. Will support will carry you through chaos. Mm -hmm. If you have the right support, yeah. you, know, yes. you, you know, you can make it through. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and I the reason I'm saying that is that because, as you all know, I'm in caregiving, and every week I I, ha I have to take the COVID test. But but, mm. but when I go to take it, I have people in my you know in my immediate circle that say, "Okay, Raj, you've been doing it. You you've been consistent. Keep doing it. You're showing mm -hmm. people that you're consistent. You're showing people that it can be done. And you're showing people that it needs to be done. And some days I don't feel like it. I don't feel like sticking yeah. it in my nose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I know that at the end of the day, that I'm protecting myself, protecting my clients, my clients' family. No, so mm -hmm. having a support system, having the right support system, like what what Amy is saying, that is huge because sometimes in leadership, we don't have people above us that's supporting mm -hmm. us; they're suppressing us. Right. Mm -hmm. Gosh, that that's really powerful. Um, the leadership aspect. So it takes me back to some of the stress statistics. When you look at the fact that somewhere between, depending on the study that you look at, it's somewhere between 65 to 80% of people and leaders say that their primary source of stress is work. And then there's something like 40 plus percent who say that their organizations are not doing enough to help them manage stress. And then there's another percentage of people who say, it's like 30 plus percent who say, that they wish their organizations were more uh, used more empathy during challenging times and times of stress. So I want to talk about that for a moment. But there's this thing. So you all know about lizard lizard brain, right? And so when we talk about lizard brain, we're really dealing with that part of us that's the reactive part, that emotional brain that is like the kid in the backseat. That's how I describe it. It's the kid in the backseat jumping up and down going, me, 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 I got it, I got it, right? Uh, that brain that wants to step up and take over. And we talk about times of stress and how much of that happens during interactions and communication with each other. So I was listening and doing some prep work and they talked about you can help manage stress by avoiding lizard work, lizard brain words and lizard brain triggers. And I wanted to bring that into the conversation because it's not a, a typical part of the stress conversation that we talk about. We talk about, OK, what can we do to manage stress? Take a walk or take a nap or whatever. Right. But but how do we manage our conversations to help reduce conflict? 
to help manage and minimize stress, right? Before I do that, I want to acknowledge Christelle, who says she thinks that we should normalize medication to, to deal with stress, especially for leaders who have a lot of pressures, because there's a lot of cultural attitudes and stigmas related to it. You know what? I think that you're absolutely right. We, we tend to have lots of judgments about lots of things, right? And uh, we as leaders, I think, can be that change that we want to see. Michael really talks about how many leaders get promoted without being taught to deal with stress, to manage people. And as a result, it ends up be this perpetuating cycle um, that he calls villainistic, like Darth Vader-like villainistic um, cycle. So I think that that part is really true. But let's look at this. Um, let's look at a few lizard brain words. And I want you to each just choose one that you think might be a trigger or even one that you have a tendency towards. Oh, that's a better one. Look at these lizard brain words. Think of if any of these on the list are ones that you have a tendency to use often. And then just share that with us. So here's some lizard brain words. They, they say these are words or phrases that will often trigger people to get into that emotional lizard brain state where now they are their prefrontal cortex is not in operation. The lizard brain is there and they are in fight mode. So the is why is the number one. Number two is no. Number three is you always. Number four is you never. And number five is you should. These are lizard brain words. And again, these are words that might be triggering to other people. So consider, and everybody out there listening, I want you to think about these statements and these words. And there could be other phrases that come up for you. But which of these do you find yourself using and putting folks probably inadvertently into that lizard brain state. All right, Ms. Moray, let's start with you. Any of these words uh, comes for you? Yes, you should. <laughs> and uh, that's something that I, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I, I always say, you know, at home or even, you know, at work, you know, when I talk to, uh, especially people who are reporting to me and, uh, and I actually don't realize, I didn't realize that that was actually a trigger uh, for, st for stress and that's uh, that that's really you know something that i've been using uh very often especially when i want something somebody to do uh to perform you know uh, uh, to carry out a, a task or anything and say you should be doing this or you should be doing that and uh, not, not really realizing that uh, you know it's it's it can be a trigger and it's already a judgment in a way because right. You basically telling the the person that you know you can't think by yourself. So I, you know I'm I'm proposing that that you right there. Yeah. And yes. uh, and and that's that's now I understand how it can be you know offensive and sometimes trigger uh, yeah. you know a, a negative reaction or, or or stress in in somebody. And I see it with my daughter because you know like I said. Uh, if they, if she doesn't clean a, a, a room, I would say, okay, you should be cleaning. Yeah, but then it goes, you know, sad way. And now I understand, so I'm not going to use shoot anymore. <laughs> well, uh, Marie, there's a term that we use often, and particularly in the neurolinguistics and that kind of world, mm -hmm. one of the phrases that sometimes comes out is, stop shooting all over people. <laughs> 
It's a judgment, right? It is. Mm -hmm. It is a judgment state uh, phrase. Mm -hmm. So awesome. Thank you for sharing. What about you, Amy? Any of those words stand out for you? Well, it, it's funny. I mean, I was thinking about the ones that get my lizard brain going. And it's when I'm told you always, oh my gosh, it's like <laughs> that will just send me over the edge. And then the, the things that come out of my mouth, I'm like, where did that come from? But it triggers me. Oh, I hate that one. You always, <laughs> that's a yeah. big one. But my, my, the one that I personally use though, is you should. Yeah. Yeah. You should do this. You should do that. In fact, that's, and I'm aware of it. And I'm really trying to work on that one. Cause I, I should on people. <laughs> What's up that Amy? <laughs> that is great. Thank you. What about you, Roz? Which one of those words come, you know, sort of come into your world? Number six, all of the above. <laughs> I'm being honest, all of them, all of them. That's that's been that, that goes into that no Jesus zone right there. All five, yes, ma'am. I'm Roz Jones. I'm done speaking. <laughs> Roz, that's great. Oh my goodness, what about you, Terry? Uh, I, I got a second Roz. I think all of them are definitely are triggering. And the, the one that I use the most on myself is I should. I if, if I am telling myself I should have done this, I should have done that. It's just as Marie said, it's casting judgment. And it's it's setting a certain expectation that if I fail to do it, then I have failed. Um, so that's one that I've really, really had to work on of replacing the should so that I'm not shooting on myself <laughs> and definitely not shooting on other people. But I think what, what does bother me is when people say to me, why? Mm -hmm. And they just ask, well, why did you do that? Why did you, why did you not do that? And, and I, and I can just, I can recall a leader saying something to me and that, that was the question and it was, it was, why do you think the rules don't apply to you? And there was so much judgment in that statement and there was no compassion to ask me, well, what was going on? What, was, what were you thinking about when this happened? What was your thought process as you were doing this? There was no, there, there was no willingness to listen to my perspective about why I did what I did. It was just, why do you think you don't have to do it like the policy states or like everybody else? Or why do you think that you don't have to adapt to these cultural policies and you can just do whatever you want to do? So it's it's that why that has, that is like laced with such judgment that really sets me off. Wow. This is what such a great conversation. I love this because as we think about our own trigger words, uh, the things that set us off and then words that we regularly use in conversation and ways for us to help navigate um, relationships, which is really the basis of pretty much everything, right? Everything is, is some type of interaction or relationship and using these specific words and, and learning to use different words, you know, um, you know, for me, should is definitely one for me, too, because I, I, I you're basically saying that you're wrong. You're just yeah, you're just not doing what you should be doing. You should be doing other things. And I'm like, well, 
now I want to argue, right? So now I'm sort of, I've, I've got my whole Torian thing going on and now I'm the bull and now we're going to fight about it because I disagree with, you know, your shooting on me. And so uh, that's definitely one I use um, or that triggers me. The one I try to avoid is the whole no. I find no to be triggering to a lot of people. And so I try to never use no as a complete sentence. Some people do. Some people have said, I am done pe pleasing people. And when I say no, that's it, period, end of story. I find it triggers people. And I don't want to do that. And so I will always qualify my no. And it is, uh, you know what? I, I see that this is really important to you. Um, I simply don't have time to do it right now. So I won't be able to do this thing that you're asking me to do or whatever. Uh, two weeks might be a better time. Happy to look at it in the future or whatever that is. Or you know what? I think Nancy has some bandwidth and maybe could help you with that. So I typically will qualify my no as a relationship building technique or a, re or a relationship preserving technique. Not because I feel the need to justify myself. I think there's a real difference there, right? It is because I care about this relationship and I care about how I am communicating with that person. Let's get some comments in here. Regina says, definitely why is triggering for her? Um, Maria says she's guilty of all, depending on the circumstances. Oh man, I think we all do this periodically, Maria. Uh, and Regina says, yes, when you say you always, it drives me nuts. And think about how often we use that, right? You always, or something always, it is a triggering thing for me. I actually will stop people and say, okay, so right there, that's the end of the conversation because you're not accurate when you say always. Nothing is ever always, right? Or rarely. Um, and so Michael said he thinks Roz has seven. And Christelle at first said that she loved when people said why. And then she came back and said that as you explained it, Terry, it then made sense about why this was triggering. So I think this is a really good conversation as we go in. Now let's turn our attention to solutions because we're talking about stress and triggers and all of that. But what can we do um, in order to um, reduce our stress, reduce stressful situations around us um, and be able to, you know, as I like to say, simply leave more joyful, more fulfilled lives. So um, the first thing I want to share is this quote by this doctor um, or by, I think this one actually might by, be by Wayne Dyer. And, um, and I think this is a good way for us to go into our last segment. Uh, you can't always control what goes on outside, but you can always control what goes on inside. Right. That's a quote by Wayne Dyer. Uh, and that's our leadership above the grind. And and I do think stress, I, the term I had started using is stress is an inside game, right? Stress is an inside game. So let's move into our wrap up segment. I can hardly believe, I told you we really needed like three parts for this because we're already at almost an hour. And so we'll likely go just a couple minutes over as we do our wrap up, but we're going to try to stick pretty close to schedule here. So let's now move into our wrap up segment where we do our what's in your cup. Okay, this is what's in your cup. So as we've talked about stress through this conversation, what can we do 
to begin to mitigate our stress and reduce our stress and get to that place where we're leading uh, more fulfilled and um, greater sort of uh, more successful, but also that place of more peace and harmony. So let's start our final wrap up segment and we're gonna go around and share some strategies. What would you offer to leaders out there who are dealing with stress um, in terms of helping them manage that stress and reduce their stress load a little bit. So, Marie, let's start with you. What would you offer to leaders in our What's in Your Cup segment? I really love what uh, Wendy Dyer said, what you showed, because I think uh, stress is about, you know, it's all about control. And we always want to control, you know, what's going to happen. We want to control what people do. And uh, as long as we focus on wanting to control things, it, it becomes really difficult to get rid of the, the bad stress. So it's important sometimes to just let go and focus on what, you know, internally we can control. Whatever people say, whatever people do, we have no control. We can't do anything about it. So I think one strategy is to just let it go and focus on ourselves and believing in ourselves and uh, understanding that it is okay if we you know uh, if there's uncertainty and uh, we don't you know we, we, we don't know what's going to come next that's okay we can still moving forward and we will adjust ourselves you know at, at some point so that i think that's one strategy to to really you know uh, uh, implement uh, we don't have to be i mean especially uh, you know we have a lot of people who believe in you know in we believe in god in anything so why don't you just let it to god just you know <laughs> just live your life and uh, and see what's gonna happen and if you fall that's fine you know accept that accept that you know you've you, you're gonna be wrong at some point but it's not the end of the world you can still you know you, st you can still adjust you can still uh, uh, do something about it and that's important and and one thing is to to really reach out to people when you 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 can't do anything or you 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 really can't manage a situation just reach out or outsource it don't you know don't try to do it yourself because that that kind of actually increase your stress and it can you know make you sick and then you go down you know down this uh, this curve that you just showed so i think those two um, those two strategies can can actually help. I love that. Thank you, Marae. And uh, I agree. You know, one of the things as leaders, I think we sometimes don't do enough of is reaching out. We tend to want to own it all and carry it all and think it's ours to just fix or we don't think we're good leaders or we think people might see us as weak or ineffective and that sort of thing. So uh, Roz, what about you in this What's in Your Cup segment? What can others take away in terms of strategies that they can use to manage stress? I want to say this is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I want to kind of tag on what Mariah uh, said, that when we need help, ask for it. If it's something that, that we can't do or we don't know how to do, either ask for help or outsource. This is important. Whether it's Mental Health Awareness Month or not, when you need some, we all need some help. Nobody can do this by themselves. And then also too, um, we, everybody talks about time management. You can't manage time, you have to manage yourself. You can't manage the time. 
you have to manage yourself so that you can complete these things. So, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. I have so much to do. And I've said this before. You set your calendar. You put that stuff on there. So if it's something that you know you can't do, don't put it on the calendar. And then make sure that if you set an appointment, that you have a buffer in between these appointments to be able either to make it to the next appointment or to take on the next client to where you have some downtime, some transition time. This is important. Sometimes we do stuff back to back to back to back to back to back. But, you know, then if you're running late, it's because you you didn't manage yourself, not the time. You didn't manage yourself. So understand you can't manage time. You have to manage yourself and ask for help. Once again, I'm Ross Jones and I'm done speaking. <laughs> Thank you, Roz. I love that you can't manage time, but yet everyone talks about time management, right? I want time management industry is a million dollar industry, if not billion dollar industry, because everybody's trying to manage time and you can't manage time, right? What a great marketing concept, though. Uh, whoever came up with that one was was brilliant. Uh, but, you know, we do have to learn to manage ourselves. So let's get a comment in here. Maria says um, one of the point to her comment. I was reading this is. Uh, we use these negative terms all the time. We use this language and we're not aware of it, right? So we got to stop that stuff, she says, <laughs> and uh, and really get more mindful with what we do. Patrick, hey, Patrick. Patrick's going to be on the show here up, coming up in a couple of weeks. Great to see you tune in. Uh, I agree with you about uh, both the why and the absolute twins always and never. They can be very triggering. And then Michael says, stress relief is spelled. Make others smile and it comes back to you. That's a long word, Michael. Yes, it definitely is. So uh, let's continue our wrap up segment. And Amy, let's co come over to you. What ideas do you have for leaders out there to manage their stress, live more fulfilled and happier lives? It, it's the small things. I mean, really starting with gratitude and recognizing every day, I mean, the opportunities we have, the, um, work that we get to do and i say get to do because it's a choice and when we're in an organization or we're working with a group of people it's a personal choice that we're making and so how do we make the best of it i think that's that's a big thing looking for gratitude and several of you already mentioned you know just the, the reaching out you know how do we enlist our colleagues to work with us to help us work through whatever the issue might be to get their ideas, get their buy-in, their support, their willingness to partner with us to get uh, whatever needs to be done, done. And I, Roz, I just love what you said about the time management, because I think sometimes we feel like we're these superheroes and we have to get it all done. And then we're not only letting others down, we're really letting ourselves down. So how do we manage ourselves so that at the end of the day, we look and say, you know what? I was successful. I was able to accomplish the big things in the day, and I'm thankful for that. So those are just small, small things, um, and yet they're they're not always easy to do when you're in the thick of it. So and you. that's true. Thank you, Amy. Um, Amy, you do work. You said wellness coaching and that sort of thing. How can people learn more about what you do and and or connect with you? Is that on social media or a specific website? Okay, I'm laughing because Terry and Rhonda know this about me. I, I'm really not very good at social media and I'm working really hard. In fact, um, 
I have, I've finally hired a social media coach. Carrie said, I have a really good person for you. So I, I am getting more out there on social media and I will continue to do so. Um, Thunderbird Leadership Consulting is, um, is my company. And I'm again working to get more, um, visibility. So stay tuned. I'm, I'm working on it. Thanks for the nudge, Rhonda. All right. You're welcome, Amy. So uh, if you are out there listening, we thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to come to uh, Terry in a moment for her wrap up. But I first want to ask everyone watching, please share the video. Don't forget to like it and share the video. There's lots in here. I feel like we need three parts. We may do a part two because there's just this is too much too good. There's just too much out there. So um, Michael said, great show, ladies. Way to educate the world of leaders. Um, and then Christelle uh, said, Marae, she really appreciated what you had to share. And um, Christelle also said, it's being able to have fun working. Oh, I love that. If it's not something that encourages us to wake up in the morning, we should normalize quitting. Ooh, I like that. Normalize quitting and change to another career. Maybe it's an unpopular opinion. I don't think so at all. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> if it's not serving you, it's time to do something different. So uh, Terry, uh, what about you? What suggestions would you have for people to reduce their stress, live a more fulfilled, more joyful life? Well, first, I just want to call out my very good friend, Amy, because since we've been talking about language and the kind of language that we use and neurolinguistics. Amy, I heard you say, I'm really not very good at social media. And when we use statements about what, that we're not good at something or we can't do something, then that will become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yep. And so you are on a journey in social media and you are further than where you were when you first started. So it's, I'm on a learning path. I am growing as, as I become more comfortable with social media and being present. So I just wanted to put that out there for my very good friend, Amy, because there are things Thank that, you. that you had not done before. <laughs> We've all had a day one. We have all had a coaching session. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. So, um, so I think, you know, my, my strategies are small and, and big. And, and I, I love that Amy mentioned that is, you know, just really start small. And I, and I think one of the things I've started with is being empathic towards myself. And so in the moment when I'm presented with something that is a trigger, I know one of the things that I used to say was, well, I don't know. And and as leaders where we are oftentimes on stage and other people are looking towards us for answers, for solutions, for inspiration, for motivation, for you know, a way to move forward, when they hear their leaders say, well, I don't know, it can create uncertainty and um, a lot of anxiety within them. And, and so I, I said, okay, I need to kind of scrap again some of that language that's showing that I don't like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm totally confused here, which isn't the case. It's just, I need some time to process. And so that's what I'll say is, wow, that's, that's interesting. I need some time to process. Will you work through this with me as I think aloud? And that also includes my audience in the conversation and in the discussion. And so now that you feel a part of it, 
And that helps to reduce some of my stress because now I don't feel so alone in this. I don't feel like, well, I have to do it all and I have to come up with the solution. And when I have the solution, then you all have to carry forward with it and you now need to implement it. So that's kind of what I do in the moment to be more responsive to the trigger. And, and then to really help me fully move through the stress cycle is, and Amy and Rhonda know this about me, I get on my Peloton. So <laughs> I bought a bike this past year and that Peloton literally calls my name and I get on that bike and I pound it out. I get a heart pumping, sweat dripping, workout going, and I let all of that stress out on that bike. And that bike can withstand it. It can, it can, it can take whatever kind of stress I need to release. And it lets me yell and scream and get fired up and just push myself to a limit and remind myself once again of what I'm capable of doing. And I get a great workout and I get to work with some great trainers who I swear are talking directly to me. They, that, that is a one-on-one -on -one workout. I know there might be 6,000 other people live streaming, but that's my workout. <laughs> that's my time. And that is such a great release for me. So that's what I do really at the end of the day, or it might be the next morning, is just let that stress really move through my body and that bike is ready to take it. Hmm, I love that. Terry, how can people connect with you or learn more about the work that you do? I have a website and it is uh, mastermdleaders, M-A-S-T-E-R-M-D-leaders.com. And I am on social media. I'm on LinkedIn at Teresa Dean Malcolm. And on Instagram, it's at Master Physician Leaders. So I would love to connect with, with all of you. And Rhonda, Amy, and I are also in Clubhouse. So if you have a Clubhouse account, and I'm so glad glad it's available to Android users now, then come join us on Girls Stop Stressing, where we continue these conversations about how leaders can work through their stress, effectively manage their stress, and respond in a way that lets them be the leader they know they can be. Awesome. Thank you, Terry. Our next clubhouse is uh, where we've shifted our time to Fridays at um, 11 a.m. Central now. So you guys come join us. We'll have lots of great conversations. It's a club so you can go follow it and become a member and all that fun stuff. So really excited about this. You know, for me, one of the ways to, to really think about stress is to think about your habit of stress. The way that we deal with stress becomes a habit. Right. We learn it. We all have our ways and routines. And ask yourself if your habit of dealing with stress, is it serving you? Is it working for you? Or do you start, need to start to manage that and do something different? Right. And so that's an opportunity to just understand. I use a little acronym that I call me in dealing with stress. M-E-E. -E. The me is for being mindful. And it's being mindful of everything around you. What's happening? What who are the expect? What are the expectations? How am I feeling about all of that? Um, have I set my boundaries? It's really paying attention and being mindful. The E, the first E, is for an emotional check-in. 
When you find yourself in that moment, in that place, do an emotional check-in. Where am I right now? Am I above the line or below the line? Because <laughs> I can have some below the line moments. And if I'm below the line, that's probably not the best time to talk to me because I'm just going to shut everything down at that moment. But I try to have many more above the line moments where I am open, I am flexible, I am engaged, I am communicative, all of that stuff. And then the sec the last E um, is what Terry mentioned. And it's really empathy and using it not only towards others, but for yourself, right? So it's mindful, it's the emotional check-in and it's empathy and ways that I manage stress those things have become a habit for me. People will often say like Marae, like you never get stressed. Oh, I get stressed all the time. I just manage my stress, right? The stress-free leader, the term came about because I wanted to live myself, not in a place of, live my life, not in a place of zero stress, but in a way that I am skillfully navigating stress as it comes like a little stress ninja, right? Just sort of dancing around, bobbing and weaving with the stress. For me, that's what stress-free leading means. So this has been amazing, you all. I have had such a great conversation. Maria says, great show. So when is part two? I don't know, Maria. <laughs> We've got to talk about that. However, you can join us on Clubhouse. Everybody's welcome. Ross spends quite a bit of time on Clubhouse also doing her thing on there. And now Marae has joined the Clubhouse family. So don't forget to follow us all <laughs> on Clubhouse. And Maria said, when you say you can't do something, that is when you must. So this has been super fun. Thank you for everyone. Thank you for hanging with us for a few extra minutes. I almost forgot the cup picture. Thank you, Roz. Let's do our post-production shot. Everybody smile. Okay, got it. Got it. Thank you for reminding me, Roz. That is so amazing. So for everybody out there, we really appreciate you spending some time with us um, for my panel. Everybody stay tuned for a moment. If you're out there watching, don't forget, we'll be back here next Saturday, same time, same station. We look forward to seeing you again on the next Coffee with Rhonda show. Thank you for watching the Coffee with Rhonda show. You can catch live episodes Saturdays, 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern. And if you are curious about leadership above the grind, you can download your copy of the Stress-Free Leader ebook at stressfreeleaders.com. Until next time.